Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis and Friends podcast, a place where my friends and I talk about whatever we want to talk about, whatever interests us, what's going on in life and around the world. I am Dennis. I host this show. This is episode 74. And today is Friday, February 17th, which means it's NBA All-Star Weekend. So we're not actually at the halfway point of the season. We're like two thirds of the way through. But we're going to do like a mid-season sort of check-in. And here to do that with me is the man who uh, previewed the entire season with me back in October. You heard him last week on the Super Bowl episode, if you've been following along. And this is, I believe, his fifth appearance now on the show. So Jack Coney is here with me on this Friday evening, eating tacos from his air fryer. (laughs) Yep. Got my mini tacos right here. You know, need some... When you have a conversation like this, you got to have some nutrition. Uh, So... Gotta gotta get gotta get yeah, me through the conversation. As, as one does. So it's gonna be good. I'm super excited. I think this weekend's All Star festivities will be interesting for sure with some of the new things they're introducing. Yeah, so, let, let's start yeah, with that. How do you feel about especially all the stuff tonight and tomorrow? Because like the game is the game. We we kind of know what to expect out of that. But like, right. are you excited for tomorrow night? I do think it's really interesting that they are like opting to use g-leaguers now especially in the dunk contest like i love mac mcclung i think he's a very talented athlete obviously um everybody who's you know follows basketball has seen his high school highlights of him just being an absolute freak of an athlete and using that to his advantage explosive first step uh you know he was a great scorer in high school um and he's still a very athletic player but i don't know if like we, we i know that there are better dunkers that we could see from the league um, and guys that I think everybody else would rather see. Um, right. Like, you know, and I know Aaron Gordon said he would only do it if he was an all-star, but Aaron Gordon's one name that comes to mind. Um, Zach Levine's another. Um, I'm really glad that we get Jericho Sims. I mean, he's got possibly the most bounce in the NBA right now. He's, he's sure. got some freaking bunnies um, and also hook them. Uh, so that's my thoughts on the dunk contest. The three-point contest, I am really surprised that Contavious Caldwell-Pope is not there. Yeah, um, big snub. Yeah, especially after he lit up the Mavs. You know, it, feel, it felt like every single shot that he put up against the Mavs last week hit. Um, and so I, 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 he deserves to be there for sure. I think it's also interesting just how they've kind of expanded the, the three-point contest, uh, not only with the shots, but with the players and – like including like a couple of like teammate pairs, you know, right, uh, right. Like Halliburton's in there. Uh, he'll he'll should be there for sure. Halliburton there is a little interesting just because yeah. I mean he's a you know obviously a great player, a starting caliber player. He's an all star also, but is he also a very streaky, inconsistent three point shooter? He definitely is. So. <laughs> Um, it's going to be the really most interesting. interesting form of all the right. guys in Dude, the contest. Kind of see him like lock and load that thing. Like, is he going <laughs> to even get all the shots up in time? I'm, right. I'm not sure. So, um, that's interesting. And then I, I really don't like how they've done this the past couple years is with the, the skills challenge, um, yeah. having team Antetokounmpo when like Thanasis, he gets some time and, and like, especially with the injuries that Bucks have had the past couple of years, he's gotten some play time, but um, is it Kostas? Is the other one? 
Uh, it's either him or Alex, one of the two. Yeah, but either way, they don't play. And yeah. like for them to be invited to All-Star Weekend for a skills challenge when there are much more skilled players in the league, it's just I don't know, man. I, I'm not I'm kind of out on that. Um and uh I do I do kind of like, however, the expansion of the Rising Stars challenge. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting tonight. Yeah, because, I mean, we're going to get to see Scoot, um, and I'm really excited about that. Um, and I think it's a really good introduction for a lot of those young guns to, like, play up against the the other guys that are trying to make their come up and um, be the next guys that, like, run the league, you know? So right. I, think it's, right. I think it'll be really interesting to see how that plays out. Okay, so, listener, we're going to play a game to start off the episode. In the spirit of All-Star Weekend, Jet and I are going to pretend to be LeBron and Giannis, and we're going to pick as if we were them, like who we have on our team. We're not going to do what the league is doing this year where they're doing the reserves first for whatever reason. I don't know if you've heard about that, but they're not doing starters, like picking starters first Ooh. and then reserve second. It's flip-flop because they don't want to make anybody feel bad for being last, but it doesn't matter at the end of the day. I don't know why they're doing it. It's super That's really obnoxious. dumb. Yeah. Yeah, so the way we're going to do it, I haven't told Jet how we're doing this yet, is uh, I'm going to flip a coin on Google, and uh, <laughs> if, you, if you get it, you get, to, uh, you get to pick whether or not, you get to pick which one you want to be. LeBron, in this scenario, goes first, because he had the most votes, and then Giannis would be second. Okay. And we'll, do, we'll pick all the starters first, and then we'll pick all the reserves after that, so... Uh, heads or tails? Uh, I'll go with tails. Ah, Ted. <laughs> ah, nuts. So I'm going to go first. I'm going to be LeBron. Cool. And with my first pick in this mock draft, we got to pick starters. So I'm going to pick the obvious, the very, very obvious choice Wait, are here. You, are you picking starters? or You said we're not yes. doing how the league is doing it? Right, because okay. this year they're flip-flopping, yeah, Okay, for cool. whatever reason. We're, we're doing starters, starters first. first. Gotcha. Yeah. And cool. obviously, I'm picking Luca. No questions yep. asked. Yep, of course you'd get him out of the way. Yep. You know, as Giannis, I might not even play in this game, depending on how his uh, sprained <laughs> That's wrist true. is. But let's pretend he is. Let's pretend this, he uh, is. Exercise. Um, you know, I'm going uh, to match your firepower and uh, grab Jason Tatum. I'm going to pick second. I'm going to pick Joker. Yeah, okay. Um, then I think I'll pick who dominated him a couple weeks ago on national television, <laughs> uh, Joel Embiid. Yeah, okay. So that's uh, that's four picks. Uh, next up, I'm going to pick Kyrie. Yeah. Get it out of the way. You got the two Mavs on there. Yeah. And I think that's a very LeBron pick as well. I think he'll oh, yeah. definitely snag Kyrie. Um. Man, I'm so mad that Steph is not playing in this game. I know, I know. Yeah, give me Ja Morant, I guess. I don't like okay. Ja, but I'll take him. And then I will pick Mitchell. Yeah, I'll take Mitchell. We'll run small. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're running real small, and I'm running huge. <laughs> well, Luca will be the three. Kyrie and, and Mitchell will be the backcourt, and Luca can run a small forward. <laughs> this is my lineup. I got Ja Morant at my point. Tatum at shooting guard, uh, Laurie Markinen at small forward, 
uh, Giannis at power and then uh, Joel at center. So <laughs> I guess it's really no bigger than the starting lineup that the Jazz roll out every night. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Okay, reserves time. So obviously we're not picking the uh, the injured guys here, right? So with my first reserve pick, I'm gonna pick Spicy P. Man, I cannot believe you left him for me. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go with Damian Lillard. All right. Who right. lights it up in the All-Star game. That's true. He does. He very much does. Uh, give me Paul George. Uh, De'Aaron Fox. Give me Ant Edwards for the vibes. Here's my next pick. Um, I like that pick. I will go with Jalen Brown. I will take then Tyrese Halliburton. All right. Young Gun. Mm, give me Bam. SGA. Yeah. I've got a lot of guards. <laughs> yeah, you do. I think we have like one after one left after this. We got one, two, three, four. One's still available. Oh, five. Sorry, I'll say who I'm taking first, and then I'll name the the four others. We've got Drew left. Uh, who I'm taking? Uh, Demar Derozan, Sabonis, JJJ, Sabonis, and- JJJ, and is that? Oh, and Julius Randle. So I'm gonna take in this scenario. You you say you took Drew. Yeah, I took Drew Holiday. And DeMar's still on the board? Mm-hmm. Give me DeMar. I'll go Triple J. Oh, sick. Okay, I was not going to pick him, so that's good. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> want to pick him. Yeah, I know. You so, hate him. Yeah, yeah. Not a fan. So that's what? Sabonis and... Randall. And Randall? Basically the same players. Yeah. Just, yeah. Give me Sabonis, bro. I'll take Jay Randall. That's That's fine. I was hoping he'd slip to me. Yeah, okay. There you go. Instead of playing him 40-plus uh, minutes like Tibbs does, though, I'll, I'll play him like three minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> deservedly so. Okay, yeah. so there you go, listener. That is, if we were Braun and Giannis, that would be our all-star teams, based on the, the healthy guys. Let's, uh, let's get into kind of just general discussion. Jet and I, as you all know, we did our like big season preview episode way back in October, like I mentioned in the intro. And we both listened back on that to kind of get ready for this one. And uh, there's some stuff we got right, some stuff we got totally wrong. And yeah. uh, we're going to kind of do a check-in on on every team. So let's do, we did by division last time. Let's just kind of yeah. go sporadically. Okay, yeah. If you're down. Let's start in the East, though, like we did last time. And let's start with... One of the teams we got wrong, which is the Pacers. Speaking of yeah. Ty- Tyrese Halliburton, yes. yeah, they with with Bert, uh, with Halliburton healthy, they're actually like an above average team, and I know they had a winning record, and I think we're like the seventh seed uh, before he went out. So that's a huge surprise for me. But I mean, we've seen career years from uh, Miles Turner, obviously Halliburton, who was leading the league in assists before he went down, and. Uh, like a very hot start for Benedict Matherin, who I know you were really high on yeah. coming into the season. And um, I mean, he's been, he's been very impressive. Buddy Heald shot the ball. Well, um, they're getting really like big play from uh, a couple other guys that are young. Um, what's it, what's his name? Nemhard or something. Yeah. Andrew yeah, their backup yeah. point. Yeah. He's, yeah. he's played terrific. Um, so, I mean, they, they, they've been really surprising. Um and somehow, you know, we said before the season started that 
there's no way that Heald and, and Miles Turner stay there. And somehow they extended Miles Turner. Yeah, um, and Buddy's and, still there. And Buddy's still there. So, yeah, we were we were wrong. <laughs> I got to eat yeah. crow on that one. Yeah, we do. Yeah, kudos to them. I mean, I mentioned this on a few episodes back, and I mentioned it when I went on my, my friend's NBA show on Spread the Floor, talked about specifically how I loved how the Pacers were playing and loved how Tyrese um, was excelling this year. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he has complete freedom with that team, which obviously comes from the direction of Rick Carlisle, who we both right. thought was not going to be that good and yes. has been very, very good for them this year. They're yeah. overachieving. I know they're like eight games below 500, but even still, that is overachieving to some yeah. degree. Absolutely. Because uh, they should not even be touching the play-in, and they're only two and a half out. And if they can get on a good run after the break, they could sneak their way in there. So yeah, and I'll, I'll mention this too. They, they, I think they have a good shot at sneaking in there um, because they have uh, the twenty third uh, hardest schedule. So that would be, I guess, the eighth, seventh easiest. Yeah, seventh, seventh easiest. That's right. Uh, schedule uh, remaining. So. Um, However, they do play the Mavs twice, the Bucks twice, and the Celtics twice. So that okay. that could be tough sledding, at least in those games. I think they would need to probably play, you know, at least probably six games over five hundred to to have a shot at the play in. So sure, yeah, because right now the ten seed is the Raptors, and they're three games below five hundred. So they would have to probably be. At worst, like four games below 500 to yeah. like realistically have a chance, at least at the current rate of things. But yeah, I agree. Can we with talk that. about the Raptors next. Because yeah, let's that let's get that out of the way. Very very odd situation in Toronto, man. I, I know, know. You, you like them. That's kind of your team from the East. So why don't you go ahead and and say yeah? Your- I mean, I mentioned it back in October that they could either be like really solid or they could be weird, but not weird in this way. And the yeah. fact that they didn't do anything at the deadline, like besides get Jakob Hurdle, is kind of insane. Blows my mind. Yeah. I don't understand. Like, it feels like at all times they only have like one guard on the floor. Right. Like, ever. And so the fact that you kept like their solid rotation guys that are like most of their, you know, you got Scotty Barnes, you got Pascal, you got Precious Achua. You've got now Pirtle. Like these are all huge guys with, and and like they're all great players. But together, it just really kind of hasn't worked this season. They've been kind of middling around and losing games they shouldn't. I'm 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 really surprised that they didn't move OG or or uh, Pascal. Honestly, I thought one of them was for sure out the door. I super agree. Like I totally thought even Gary Trent, yeah, would be gone. Right. And especially with all the smoke around OG this year, I totally thought he was gone. And so for them to not get any of those guys out, then bring in a guy, like I mentioned last week in the trade deadline episode, that you probably could have gotten in free agency and you gave up a first-round pick for him. I would say Masai did not do very well, to say the least. I would agree. Uh, and, uh, I mean, they're they're probably going to stay in the plan at this rate. I mean, they could they could get on a run and, like, Sniff the six seed, but at this point, you have to yeah, feel better about the other teams that are ahead of them. Yeah, those those like mid tier teams in the East, the like six, really the five through ten seed are all 
teams that I'm unsure of at this point in the season. They've, they've shown flashes, but it's not been sustainable enough for them to really prove to me that they could compete with those top four teams, you know? So, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a weird situation. They don't, they didn't need Pirtle. Um, obviously he, he played great in his debut, uh, for them, uh, re-debut, I guess, cause he was with, he was with the Raptors and then got traded in the Kawhi trade to San Antonio. Right. So a little reunion there. But yeah, just a weird, weird team, weird situation. Sitting like what, one game under five hundred right now? Three. Three games. Okay. Yeah. So still in it, not completely out of it. And they're playing good ball right now. They've won a couple games in a row. But yeah, it's it's a weird situation up up north. Also a weird situation in Charlotte, kinda like how I predicted uh <laughs> yeah. earlier this year. They have been abysmal. They're uh, pretty abysmal. They're pretty and part well. of that is because Lamelo was hurt. Uh Right at the start of the year, but also part of it's just because the roster's bad. The coaching has been yeah. very, very bad, um, which I'm gonna take the L on that. But even with with Lamelo back, like their offense has looked better and it's been faster paced and everything. But their defense is like historically awful. I mean they they can't stop anybody. They played the Spurs the other night and they couldn't stop them. And the Spurs have one of the worst offenses in the league and one of the slowest paces. So, I mean, it's a I, – I would hate to be a Hornets fan. I follow this guy on TikTok that is like a he, – he was born and raised in, in Charlotte, but he's, you know, adopted just being a LeBron fan, and now he's a Lakers fan because of that. Um, and someone, okay. like, called him out for it, and he was like, guys, I've been a lifelong, like, ride-or-die Hornets fan, but I don't make that public knowledge because I know that people like you will get on my head for them being absolutely awful. <laughs> <laughs> So, I, yeah, they're they're terrible. I'm also surprised at their lack of movement at the deadline. Really, yeah, yeah. they really didn't do like anything, like at I'm, all. I mean, I didn't think Gordon Hayward would stick there. Um, I thought they might move Rozier. They they need to just blow it up and and keep Lamelo, get rid of everything else, and and start fresh. Because I mean, they they're awful. They'll get. A good chance at Wemby. Yeah, theory. they they so, definitely will. We'll see because because what they're they're competing with the Pistons for the worst record in the East right now. Right. But uh, <laughs> you gotta you gotta look over in the West and see the the Rockets sitting down there <laughs> with thirteen wins. Yeah, and the Spurs so, with one yeah. more win. To the right. Holy moly! Yeah. Let's let's talk about the Pistons. Uh, Man, sorry, buddy. Man. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, here, here's, here's the thing. And the only thing with that is Cade. That's the only yeah. reason why. Yeah. I mean, they weren't playing great with Cade. I'll, I'll, I'll say that. But also, like, he, he really drives their, their engine. I mean, he was averaging nineteen six and six. And really, I think that him and Ivy, if, if, he, if Cade was healthy, would just, you know, kind of build each other up. And I think that that has kind of hindered. Ivy's rookie campaign. He's had a great season so far, but I think he, he could have had a better one if he had a really solid running mate and didn't have to play with the worst point guard in the league, Killian Hayes. I mean, that guy is an awful basketball player. He cannot shoot to save his life. He is so inconsistent, can't play defense, awful mechanics. There's a guy on on TikTok that has made like he has like a um 
a series of videos and he, he starts them off like Killian Hayes is the worst basketball player in the NBA part 45. You know, it's like, um, it's pretty bad. Um, uh, but I do like, uh, something they did at the, at the deadline was the James Wiseman deal. But the only thing is with that, now you're gonna have to move either Isaiah Stewart or Marvin Bagley this off season. And cause I mean, you're not going to move Duran cause you just drafted him. Right. Um, so it's, it's a sticky situation up in Detroit, but I think a hopeful one still just because they are going to get one of those top picks. Um, hopefully Wemby or I don't know how scoot would fit there, but yeah. Um, I mean, you know, if you get, if you have a shot at Wimbanyama, then you take it. And I think that's what they did by telling Kate to get that surgery and shut him down. Yeah. Yeah. Surprised Bogdanovich is still there, but also they definitely, uh, put a very high price tag on him. Yeah. Especially after getting him for cheap, like we talked about before the season started. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, not, not super great, but I guess it could be worse for them. I don't know. There's yeah. a lot of weird things that have happened with him this season. Even like Sadiq Bay being a dud before he got traded. It was super weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he, he was, he was great. Off-season. Yeah, yeah, he was great the last couple of years, and uh, now maybe not to make everything about the Mavs again, but maybe the Mavs aren't that dumb for uh, taking Josh Green to pick <laughs> yeah. over Sadiq Bay because right. at this point right now, I would rather have Josh Green than Sadiq Bay personally. Oh yeah, but, absolutely. But that's neither here or there, right? Let's right. talk about. We're going to stay kind of in the bottom area. Orlando, man, they're good. They- they're They've good. Been surprising. Um, I I will say though, I as much as Paolo looked great at the beginning of the season, I feel like his he's he's kind of feeling the length of an NBA season right now. Oh yeah, he definitely needs the All Star break because he looks tired. I saw something. It was like since January fourth, I think he's like three of thirty four from three or something like that. Like he just, he is shooting awfully from the outside. Um, but overall he's had a really great season. Um, and I don't know how they're like really winning games because the roster's not great, but like Wendell Carter's playing well, Markel Fultz as of late has been been playing really well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I really like that team. I think they have a lot to build around. Um, and I love seeing Bull Bull minutes, man. I mean, Dude, that's just he's been great <laughs> the whole year. Holy yeah. cow, he's been amazing. Franz Wagner has taken another step, yeah, not like yeah. a big step and not like right. a super noticeable one, but one he that regress. And I think him. that was important with adding Paolo, um, and also getting some of the ball handling responsibility taken out of his hands and put more on Fultz because last year. Fultz was in and out of the lineup, still not fully healthy. Now Suggs Fultz, was hurt. Suggs was hurt, right. So I think adding those ball handlers back in and telling Franz, like, hey, you're going to have to play off ball a little bit more. You're going to have to create your own shot a little bit more. Um, uh, like that, he's, he's done really well with that, I think. Yeah. Shout out our guy, Jamal, man. Coaching them up and, yeah. and yeah. doing pretty really. good. Really. I mean, if they go on a run after the break, they could – they could get in that play in. They're only four games out. So it's not like yeah. it's completely out of the realm of possibility. Right. Um, 
switching over to Chicago, who you said that they uh, they were not going to be that great. Yep. And I think I gave them like 35 or 36 wins, somewhere in there. Um, and right now they're they're kind of on pace for that. Um, definitely underwhelming. Seven games under 500. They've lost six in a row. Um, it, it's just the, the experiment of having two guys that are super ball dominant, that their first instinct is, you know, create my own shot and not create for others. That's right. it's, it's failed, I think. And DeMar has had to take on a little bit more of a distributive role. And so like he's averaging more assists still. But when I watch the Bulls play, which I have several times this season, he's not looking to pass. He's looking to shoot. And when he struggles, which he is, I don't know how he's averaging like 25 a game. Because every time I watch him, I feel like he shoots like 4 of 17, has like 12 to 16 points. Mm-hmm. And Vooch is like the one bright spot on the team when I watch. And I, I don't get that. Um, which but, that's hilarious. Yeah. And, and I think we both said that Vooch was like one of the worst, <laughs> like starting centers in the league at the beginning of the season. And he's having a pretty solid campaign. Um, you know, hopefully that's enough of a solid campaign to, uh, have the bulls front office trade him in the off season, give him some value. Um, but you know, we have seen some good things from the bulls. Uh, AO has looked really good, especially when he's starting. Um, Ayo Desumnu and, um, you know, I can't really think of any other good things happening for the Bulls. Patrick Williams. Patrick Williams' three-point shooting looks really good. Yeah. Kobe White has not had a terrible year, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And and he's had, I think, more restricted minutes just because of the development of Ayo and um, Alex Caruso coming in and then being injured and coming out, taking his minutes when he's in. So I don't think Kobe's been able to find that rhythm. Um but I mean, when he when he is playing significant minutes, he he does play pretty well. So, yeah, yeah, for sure. Moving up the the standings here, start talking about some teams that are actually good at the basketball. Right. right. The Washington Wizards, who are somehow in the nine seed despite yeah, them being very sense. mediocre, but it doesn't make sense. KP man, yeah, he's been good. He's Kuzma been really good. Been pretty good. Kuzma's been really good. I mean, that was a guy that I think I was telling you and Clayton that I, I would love if the Mavs would like land him at the trade deadline. That'd be awesome. Um, I I'm really loving how Bradley Beal is kind of stepping into more of this like um, distributor role for them. Um, you know, Monty Morris has been good as a as a point guard for them, but. I think Bradley Beal has kind of realized like, hey, I don't have to go out and score 30 points a night like I had to do a couple seasons ago for this team. Um, I, I can I can get get my spots when I need to. And in that game against like the Warriors or Portland the other night when he had some big games, like like he'll he'll go get him a bucket because he's still a, a certified you know scorer. And and uh, but but I think he's really enjoying having KP and Kuzma there to take some of that weight off. Um, and surprisingly they've, I think something that we kind of talked bad about was their depth, um, in our preseason show and it's been, it's been solid. Um, so I, I I would think it would be really interesting to see them make the play in. I don't think they'll get past the play in, but, um, I do like seeing KPB successful, obviously, um, 
we we have no hatred towards that man. Uh, Facts. But um, you know, it's it's been a weird weird season for the Wizards. They've been like really good like to start the year and then had a really awful stretch and now like with everybody healthy they're kind of getting their flow back. So um I think we could definitely see them, you know, hanging on to that last playing spot. Yeah. Yeah, I I agree with all of that. Advias had a nice year. Yeah. Which I am very happy about because I know that there's a lot of expectations on him. Um, so it's good to see him do his thing. But yeah, I agree with everything else you said. I don't want to repeat it. Moving up to Miami, who we both said, or I said that they were top four. And uh, they sure don't look like it. I'll tell you that. This yeah. kind of feels like the somewhat end of an era. Not completely by any means, but... Their their cap situation is really bad, especially heading into next year when Hero's extension kicks in. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know what really they can do at this point to like really really improve their team, unless they get rid of Bam or Jimmy. Right. I think that the Heat might be the team in the NBA with the least direction, and by that I mean like you have teams that are worse than them that like should probably just blow it all up like the bulls, like the wizards that we just talked about. Cause like they're not good enough to win anything, but they're not, you know, bad enough to not make the play in possibly. Um, but with the, um, with the heat, it's like, like you, you made a conference final last year and you're, you're seconds away from making the NBA finals seconds away from making the NBA finals. And you're, kind of bad this year um their defense has gotten worse um their depth really i mean doesn't impress me at all gabe vincent and max struce to me have taken steps back um uh cody martin has been a nice you know piece for them Uh, he's played really well but i mean i i think they're the big losers of the trade deadline too because what did they do i mean you have to do something to try to push your uh, chances at because I mean you've seen the top four teams ahead of you go and make moves. Um, the Seventy Sixers were really active in free agency last year. The Cavs went out and got Donovan Mitchell. The Celtics fit you know filled their the the bench with guys that can shoot, um, guys that can play defense. Like they they rounded out their roster really well. And then you get up to the Bucks and like they they made some really great free agent signings. They were active at the trade deadline. They got Jay Crowder, who's a really good gel guy, a really good locker room guy. And then the Heat are sitting down here at the sixth seed and seventh seed. Seventh seed. That's right. That's right. And they they did they sat pat with an old aging, can't really score anymore point guard with Jimmy Butler, who has been really streaky this year. He'll go off for, you know, 33, 10, and 6, and then the next night he'll, you know, have 12 points, three rebounds. Um, and then Bam, who had like two rebounds the other night against someone, I, I bet on him, so that's why I know that. Um, <laughs> uh, so <laughs> it's like your big man can't rebound. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. This team doesn't really have a good direction. Um, they have a lot of pieces, you know, like we love Jimmy, we love we love Tyler Harrow, um, but it's like Dewey, Dewey. I mean, I mean, I love his offensive game. He's a cone on defense. Oh, he is a cone, bro. Um, so yeah, like where do you go from here? You have a lot of really bad contracts on your roster too. Um, 
I don't know, man. I think I think they're you know aiming aiming for more than this, but but they're not going to be much more than a first round exit this year. I read something that apparently they were trying to trade Lowry to the Clippers at the deadline, and huh. that when they tried to do it, like Pat Riley was asleep, and so it didn't get done. I don't know if that's true or not. If that is, that is like bad on Pat Riley. Wow. Wow. Because the Clippers, <laughs> one, need a point guard, but two, you need literally any sort of fresh blood on that team just to like yeah. shift the energy somewhat. You know what I mean? And yeah. they didn't get anybody. I mean, they, they, they got rid of Dwayne Dedman. Yeah, that's all they did. And just because he was being a smart mouth on the bench. But honestly, he was... He was just fed up with the fact that they're a mediocre team, probably. Yeah, yeah. Um, they lost two in a row. They're a game or a half game worse than the Knicks, um, <laughs> which is embarrassing just to say that out loud. Like yeah. Miami Heat are a half game worse at the All Star break than the New York Knicks. Yeah, that's crazy. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I don't like how this team looks right now. I don't like their outlook for the playoffs. Um, but you know. Good luck, Jimmy. You yeah. got to turn it on. <laughs> Good luck. Atlanta, they have been very mm-hmm. mid, as we mm-hmm. kind of both expected. They are literally the most mid team in the NBA, not yeah. just in just vibes, but also in statistics. Yep. Like they have like a very, like a straight on even point differential, which is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, DeJounte Murray has been the best player on that team this year. Yeah. And, uh, well, by far. By far, yeah. I don't, I don't think there's any debate there. I think Capella getting back has been good for them, though. And they yeah. kind of went on a run in January where they, they finally started to figure some stuff out. But it's a lot like the Mavs. And like they their offense is just run an ISO for Trey or yeah. pick and roll. Right. Run an ISO for DeJounte, whose three-point shooting you, has been you impressive. You were right about this at the beginning of the season. Um you said uh, that A.J. Griffin was going to have a really good, a good year if he got minutes, and he's had a really great-looking year. Um, and I'm I wish the sorcerer, bro. Him. I, I know. look into yeah. the future. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you, you called that one. Um, him and Okongwu both have been playing yeah. really great ball. And honestly, you, you were talking about Capella coming back. I With how well Capella, or Okongwu was playing um, in his starting role, I mean, there were a couple games where he had like multiple – like 15.15 rebound games. Um, like I, I, I thought that the Hawks might try to make a, a bigger splash um, than they did with, you know, they just got Sadiq Bay at the trade deadline. That's not huge. I thought they were going to move John Collins or Capella or both um, to try to get someone. I don't know who they could have got. Maybe Gobert if, if Minnesota was thinking about shopping him since that's been such a failure, but right. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. Yeah, super mid. I still hold that they will not do anything if they got out of the play-in slash if they even survived the play-in, which they probably will survive the play-in based on the teams that are in there right now. I think but, the Raptors could knock them off if they had to play them in a second game. Yeah. Um, and also, the Heat just lock Trey Young up every single time that they play him. That is true. So, um, <laughs> yeah, good luck. Good luck, Trey. Good luck. Moving up to the top six now, the Knicks, who have been a lot better than you and I both thought. Uh, we have said multiple times off the air 
how uh, how cool it is to see Jalen Brunson play mm-hmm. as well as he has, but also mm-hmm. be like, dang, that should have been us, man. But it's bittersweet. It really is. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I had him making the play in, um, in my preseason projections, but I mean they've they've looked really solid and and they actually still have a winning record even without Mitch Robinson in the lineup. Um, and got better at the deadline by getting Josh Hart. And got better at the deadline. Yeah. So, I'm, I mean, you had another defender. You had another guy that can handle the ball and distribute the ball in Josh Hart. And a guy that can give you, can give you some buckets. And also guard two through four, really. And can um, rebound like nobody's business yeah, as a guard. Yeah. yeah. So, I think um, that's huge for them. Um, does that really push them into contention? No. But... Does that make them kind of a first round uh, upset alert against some of these top four teams? Possibly, depending on where they fall. Um, I think you know against. I don't think against either the top two teams, the Celtics or Bucks, that they have a real shot. But I mean, I would not be surprised to see them push Philadelphia to the to their limits, and maybe even possibly beat the Cavs. So. Um, They've looked really impressive. Like you said, Jalen Brunson's looked great. I said in the pregame or preseason show that Julius Randle was going to have to turn it around and have another big season. And, and boy, he has. He's had a great year. He's got his shooting numbers up from three. Um, he's getting to the line like all the time. He's playing some bully ball. He's distributing really well. Um, he's on the glass. I mean, I think he's like fourth in the league in rebounding. So um, that's been huge. We talked about Jericho Sims earlier. He's had a good rookie year so far. Or is he a rookie? Uh, no, Sophomore. I think he's a, he's a sophomore. Year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Quentin Grimes has been awesome. Quentin Grimes, who we also talked about, and were confused about why Fournier was starting over him, and now uh, I guess Thibodeau must have listened to our, uh, our <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Cause, no shot. Yeah, because now Grimes is in there, and, and he's looking good, and so uh, I mean, the yeah, night I'm, that Luca dropped sixty. Homeboy had like 33 because he made like yeah. seven threes. threes. Yeah. <laughs> insane. Absolutely insane. Um, so, yeah, I, I really like where where they're at. Um, I think that the next couple of years they'll they'll be, you know, right around the, the middle of these playoff teams. Um, so I think I think they have some some exciting playoff runs ahead of them for sure. Yeah. Staying in New York, the Nets, who we all know look completely different than uh, they were at the start of the year in so many ways, and so much stuff has happened. But I would say, and I mentioned this last week on the Trade Deadline episode, I think they did well considering the circumstances, getting a lot of good pieces back, and boy, did they have all the wings in the world. I would not want to face them if I'm playing them in the playoffs, just because they can lock you up, man. You know, yeah, no, I I completely agree. Um, it's it's a terrible situation having to give up two guys that were all star starters, two guys that were averaging twenty seven plus points a game. Um, you're not going to replace KD and Kyrie, but they're they're a scrappy team. They're they're a really solid, fundamentally sound team. Um, and really, my only question mark with them is um the center position um claxton is great but they're pretty thin in the front court um because you can't really play ben simmons much um he doesn't really fit and i I think he actually fit better 
with Kyrie and KD than he does with these new guys. Um, so that's going to be interesting. And he he has been getting some more playing time, and, and he's looked good distributing the rock. But it's like if he's in, um, you know, with Claxton, then the spacing's off. You have to have three snipers out there, and they have the snipers to do it. Um, but if, you know, if, if Ben's playing center, then you have to worry about the rebounding department just because he's not as big as some of those other guys in, in the with contenders in the East, you know, you got Jarrett Allen. He, ben Simmons isn't going to be able to keep him, keep him off the glass. Mitch Robinson, if, if he's healthy, can't keep him off the glass. Right. Um, yeah, Giannis, um, Brooke Lopez, like it, Joel. Um, so uh, the Ben Simmons situation is still really interesting. Um, I love Mikal Bridges. He he has looked awesome. Um it's great to see Spence there succeeding. Um, really wish that shot that he hit against the Philadelphia 76ers. I know. I know. Like literally a tenth of a second earlier. Oh, it was so, so beautiful. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I would not want to run into them in the playoffs. Yeah. Kudos to Jacques Vaughn, who's been incredible. He's done a really great job with that yeah, team. He really has. Despite all the circumstances. And the last thing I'll say, because I agree with all that you said, Dorian Finney-Smith, I miss you. Oh <laughs> a my lot. gosh, dude. It pains me so much. Uh, it's just, it's uh, not the same, man. He doesn't look right not, in that no. jersey. He doesn't. No. When's his contract up? I know we literally just gave him an extension like last year. Three years but, from now. And he'll be like um, 33. So yeah. do you really even want that? Oh, man. Yeah. Anyways. We've got four teams left in the East. Let's kind of go through them quickly. Yeah. Boston's been doing their thing. I mean, we kind of expected it. Tatum has been on his revenge tour, and they filled out their roster really well, like you mentioned earlier. Yeah. I like the Muscala pickup a lot. Uh, Yeah, he looked really great the other night. Yeah, I kind of just brushed over it last week in the trade deadline episode, but he's been pretty decent in in OKC this year, and he's been fine so far. Yeah. Uh, Milwaukee has been really good. I mean, they've won mm-hmm. like what 12, 13 in a row at this point. Yep. Uh, would not surprise me if they eventually overtake Boston for the one seed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I feel like we don't need to say much about them. They, right. They're who we thought they were. Let's talk about Philly because they've also been kind of who we thought they would be, but it took them a little while to get into it because at the start of the year, they were atrocious. Yes, they were. Yeah. Um, they had a lot of new pieces and I think we talked about most of them, you know, on the preseason show. Um, and I think I, you know, I talked about it earlier tonight too. They had a really busy off season of a free agency. Um, they had to figure out how to fit D'Anthony Melton into that crowded backcourt with shake Milton, Tyrese Maxey, James Harden. Um, he's found his role and he's playing really, really well. Um, you know, uh, figuring out, you know, having James Harden and Joel Embiid in and out of the lineup with injury pretty much all season. James Harden's now been more consistent, but that's been something that bothered them. James Harden is having a really great year, and I yeah. think should have been in the All Star game. And I'm I'm kind of upset that he's not. He's leading the league in assists. Um, he's on the third best team in the East, um, and really they're really close to um, both Boston and Milwaukee in the standings. Um, I think I still think this team can compete to to get out of the East at least. Um, 
we'll have to see James Harden keep playing the way that he's playing in the playoffs um, and not do his, you know, routine choke job that we saw in Houston year after uh-huh. year. But, um, I mean, Joel is having an MVP caliber season. Um, and it really sucks that Jokic is averaging a triple double because <laughs> that you're, you're kind of living in his shadow. And that really sucks because every time that we see Jokic and Joel play against each other, Joel like eats his lunch, really. Every time that I, I mean, it seems like every time that I watch them, Joel drops a 45, 15, seven assists bomb and wins the game. Mm-hmm. And Jokic, you know, barely scrapes 20. So. Um, that's just my little take on the MVP race right now. I think it's kind of dumb that Jokic is about to win his third in a row, possibly when Giannis couldn't win his third in a row because the number one reason was people were saying, well, he hasn't had any playoff success. So he's doing all this stuff in the regular season and then choking in the playoffs. Well, what have we seen the past couple years from the Joker? Same thing. So I, I think that if, I think they need to be consistent with that. And uh, my MVP for this year would probably be Joel Embiid if if Jokic wasn't so heavily favored. Yeah. Yeah. I like what they've done with their roster. DeAnthony Melton has been exactly who we thought he was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like when they got him over the summer, he's been really great. Feeling in the void when Maxi was out for a while, when Harden was out for a while. And uh, they've got nice depth. Mm-hmm. But we'll see how they do in the playoffs. Because you know how Doc Rivers is in the playoffs. Not great. Yeah, yeah that was the least. one thing that you were harping on preseason. You said, I love this team. I, I think they're going to be a regular season win machine. You agree with me there. And you said, but I can't trust Doc. No, nope, and it. I still can't do it. Yeah. Until he proves me otherwise, I won't. I won't trust yeah. him. So. I don't blame you. Anyways. Cleveland is the last team in the East that we haven't talked about yet, and they have been very, very, very good. Yeah. They've been kind of who we thought they would be, but probably a little bit better, I would say, with just how they've really gelled with Donovan being there. They still, you know, don't have wings, but they've they've yeah. made it by with Okoro and Laver and, and Garland has been good all year, and the front court stayed healthy for the most part, and it's been a pretty good year i'd say by all accounts in cleveland i think so too i think that they need a playoff series win to kind of push them into uh that same level as as uh like philadelphia um because i think we can both agree that that boston and milwaukee are kind of like top tier in the east and then yeah philadelphia is not too far behind but i think cleveland's right up there with them honestly um i i really am upset though that to me, they're kind of one of the big losers of the trade deadline just because they yeah. they sat pat with who they had as their wings. And, and really, like, Okoro hasn't been bad, but he hasn't taken the step, like I said, he needed to preseason in order for this team to really be competitive. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really impressed with how Donovan Mitchell has kind of just really gelled with Darius Garland. I think it's a really perfect backcourt pairing. Um, and I think this team will be really a really tough out because of the way that they're built, because they play defense, um, because they do have the firepower um, and can explode any night. You know, Donovan Mitchell can go for 40 any night. Garland can light you up from three. 
Mobley has been a defensive stalwart along with Jared Allen. I mean, they're they're it's it's a really tough team. Yeah. I like the Danny Green pickup that they just got on the bio market to kind of shore yeah. up some of that wing help. Obviously, it's not the most ideal so- solution considering he has been uh, you know, just coming off an ACL injury and yeah. not really playing much, but I think in the long term I think that's a nice fit. Um, yeah. especially since he'll, they'll need him for spot minutes in a playoff series, but right. You said about Kevin Love getting bought out. I am. Um, but I, you know, I wouldn't mind if the Mavs went and signed up. We don't need another big, but like we could, we I could mean, we do, big. but we don't, you know what yeah, I mean? That's the thing is like, our like we have bigs. Do we have playable playoff bigs? Is the real question. We have one and a half, maybe. Two. Yeah. Yeah. Ma- or Maxi and uh, half of Dwight Powell. Yeah. 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 And, maybe and by half would. of Dwight Powell, I mean like every fourth game you'll get like, you know, eight points and eight boards from Dwight. And then the rest of the time it's like two and two. Right. <laughs> like, right. So. Gosh. Yeah. yeah. Would not surprise me if he ends up on the Lakers or even Phoenix, honestly. I would. I think we'll go to a contender, and I don't think the Lakers are, even with this trade deadline that they had. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm not saying that either. I'm just saying yeah, just because yeah. of the LeBron factor, to be honest. Yeah, definitely. You know him and Bron are buddies. Let's switch yeah. over to the West while we're thinking about it, and let's, let's kind of briefly go over these two teams. The The two teams in the state of Texas that are not the Dallas Mavericks <laughs> are the two worst teams in the Western Conference, and it has been exactly how we thought it was going to go for both of them. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. Good job, Rockets. Good job, Spurs. I feel bad for Pop, man. I really do. I do too. When when your best player that you're working with is Keldon Johnson, I mean, that's really sad. And Steven Silas, man. Like, yeah, he's yeah. had a rough year. He lost his dad. Yeah, the team is not good. He was never dealt a good hand down there. Like, he will probably get fired, maybe at the, the end of the season. Which the crazy stinks. thing is, I think that the Rockets actually have more upside than the Spurs. Um, yeah, I, agree. I, I really I agree. don't like right Jalen now. Green. Yeah, I really don't like Jalen Green. I think he's like the biggest shot chucker like ever. He just like he, he throws it up and hopes it goes in. Um, like because he'll, he'll you know he'll go for forty one one game and then the next game he'll have twelve points and not hit a three. Um, I really like Alperin. I mean, he's great. He's been awesome. He's had a really solid season. Um, KJ Martin has looked awesome. Um, big fan of his. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're they're awful, <laughs> and and the Spurs are awful too. So sorry, yeah. sorry for Pop. Yeah, especially if Pop, if this is Pop's last year, like what an awful way to go out. Yeah, I hope it's not. I hope yeah. they get. Wemby for the sake of just having him like stay another year. Yeah. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it'd be cool to like coach him up or see him coach him up for at least a full season. But who yeah. knows, man? Who knows? Let's talk about I'm gonna go much more sporadic here. A team that we were both super, super wrong on. And they are sitting in third. Yeah. No third hope. in the Western Conference. That's the Sacramento Kings. Oh my goodness, what a season they've had. Mike Brown has been a revelation. De'Aaron yeah, Fox has been has. incredible. Yes. Kevin Herter's been amazing. I know we, we were both like kind of high on that, but he's been yeah. 
much better than we even thought he could be. Sabonis has been great. Yeah. They have a nice balanced roster decently for the most part. They they're not great mm-hmm. at defense, but man, they can score. So Yeah. I will say this. Um I don't think at all that they stay in that third seed. Oh no. I, no. I think I honestly, I mean, I think they have the fourth hardest remaining schedule. Let me check on that. I think I have it pulled up right here. Yeah, they have a really difficult remaining schedule. Um they it's the fourth hardest. Their strength of schedule is uh like five twenty or yeah. So I mean it, they're they're gonna be playing really good teams down the stretch. And when you're playing those really good teams, you have to play defense. And we kind of saw that in the Phoenix game that they had this past week where they were scoring fine, um, but they just could not get a stop when they needed to. And that was Phoenix without Kevin Durant. So um it's going to be tough for them to to stay in those top four seeds in the East. I think. Um, luckily, the Mavs get them twice, so chance to to gain some ground there. But yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with what De'Aaron Fox is doing. He's leading the league in clutch shooting percentage and clutch points. Um, so he's been really uh, huge when it's mattered most for them. Um, Sabonis is you know facilitating the offense really really well. Um, I think Mike Brown is an excellent system uh, for the guys that he has. Um, Agreed. And we're seeing guys like Malik Monk really excel. Terrence Davis has looked great. Yeah. Um, Keegan Murray, who we were both really high on. I mean, he's he's had a really solid rookie campaign. It took him Some a second. Started. It took yeah. him a second to get there. And part of that, I yeah. think he was hurt at the start of the yeah. year. Missed a few games. But right. yeah, he's, he's taken off now. Yeah. And then Harrison Barnes is Harrison Barnes, you know. I'm surprised they did not move Rashawn Holmes. Um, I know. Gosh, I thought, I thought he was out the door because like dude. they don't use him. How cool would he be on the Mavs, man? That's I've been so saying that cool. for years, for years. I know. I know, man. Same here. But um, yeah, it's been fun to watch. They they light that beam, you know. It's uh, they do. Yeah, they sure do. Speaking of teams that that light the beam in their own regard. Not necessarily the the Sacramento beam. Uh, the Grizzlies have been better than we have than we both said they were going to be, unfortunately. But but to me, after all the moves at the deadline, they're the sixth best team in the West, regardless of how the standings shake out. Yeah, like just yeah. like really thinking about it. You know what I mean? I I think even. With the standing shaking out, I think they could fall as low as the seventh or eighth seed because they also have a really difficult strength of schedule uh, remaining, and um, they have not been playing well. I mean, and, and they're missing Stephen Adams, who has been like the backbone of their team. Their their defense struggles mightily without Stephen Adams. Their rebounding has not been great without Stephen Adams. Um, so that's hurt a lot. I think. All of the pieces that they lost in in uh, the off season, granted, you know it was smaller, you know, not not starters, um, smaller rolled guys, but the, that was that was their like their role players, their their heart and soul. And now you've just got a bunch of punk young guys that think they're the crap that literally can't even play against their own conference. So I I am not very high on the rest of the season for the Grizzlies. I think they will slip. I think we probably will both agree kind of on who our top four teams in the West are, and we'll get to that later, obviously, but I I don't think that they will be one of the top four seeds, honestly. 
No. No. And yeah. even in like a playoff series, I mentioned this last week, but there's about four or five teams pretty easily that I'm like, yeah, they could beat them in a series. Yeah. And it's all the teams pretty much around them. Yeah. So minus the Kings, like they could probably beat the Kings. But Yeah, I would, I would I would definitely agree. But yeah, I I would not be super excited if I'm a Grizzlies fan for the rest of the season because I just don't think they're going to go super far. Yeah. I also think they did not do enough at the de- at the deadline, which is totally fine by me. I'm glad they didn't do enough at the deadline, but me they should have done more. Yeah. Uh, also, the offer that they apparently threw for uh, for Mikael Bridges was kind of wild. I think what it was. Offered? I think it was for first. I think, or maybe four? that was another team. Somebody offered four first round picks just for Mikael Bridges, which is insane. It's like absolutely. I insane. love Mikael Bridges, but like, he's not worth four. No, no, he's worth maybe two, maybe two. I mean, I think what the Nets got three back in that Durant deal, four. right? They got four, four for Durant, four. Yeah. four for Durant, and also you gave them Mikael Bridges. So it's like Mikael Bridges definitely is not worth four. That's, no, that's no. ridiculous. No, they should have gotten OG Ananobi. Like that was like the team that made the most sense for OG to go to. Yeah, they have the assets to do it, and the fact that mm-hmm. they didn't do it is kind of hilarious. But yeah. To each their own, I guess. Portland has regressed pretty mightily since the start of the year, but man, oh man, Dame has been probably playing the best basketball of his career. And that's <laughs> insane to think of because he's had such an illustrious career already. And it's like, how is he having this stretch of averaging like 40 plus points a game over the last 12? I mean, it's it's ridiculous. He's He's gone ballistic. And I think he's had to because... They're still barely staying afloat with him doing that. What you said at the beginning of the season, you know, you don't think that their defense is good enough to keep them above 500. And so far, that's true. Again, they're another, te- they're another team like Sacramento where they can score and tear the roof off of a building with how many shots they're hitting from the outside, but they can't get stops. And that's, I mean, it's very like noticeable when they're playing a really good backcourt tandem because Dame doesn't play defense it's not that he can't it's that he doesn't because he can't like he he has to save his energy for the offensive end of the ball and then anthony simons is just a really awful defender and and he foul he gets in a lot of foul trouble at least when i when i've seen him play so um and they got worse at the deadline yeah josh hart is is awesome we talked about him earlier with the knicks getting matisse thibel who can't shoot and can't handle the ball. Hey, four run. for six the other day, though, from three. Yeah, so. I, I guess it's probably just Dame rubbing off on him, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I was more hopeful for them at the beginning of the season, but I they might not even make the play-in with how the West is. Yeah, with how it's shaping up, probably not. What a weird what a weird year. But at least Dame is justifying his uh, $60 million a year contract. So, yeah, good for him, I guess. The Jazz have also regressed. I think that's okay. They needed to. Yeah, because I I don't know if you listened to this part of our podcast when you were listening back, but I think we both said that they will be lucky to win 21 games. And they already have almost 30. (laughs) I know. They're two games under. and We were wrong about them. We we were very wrong about them. We, We said that they were on par with the Spurs. And... I mean, Laurie Markkinen, Laurie Markkinen has looked incredible this season. And I love that for him. I mean, he had so many haters and doubters when he was in Chicago and Cleveland. And so to see him be successful is really cool. 
I wish the Mavs would have got Jordan Clarkson when they could have. Now his asking price is probably way too much. Um, just because he's continuing to, you know, step off the bench now and, and succeed in a starting role. Um, you've seen Walker Kessler play really good ball. Did not think that was going to be a thing, man. Uh, I mean, he's been incredible, honestly. He's he's a defensive stalwart. He has, you know, filled the shoes of Rudy Gobert, that Rudy Gobert left there. And, and I mean, he honestly is is so much more worth it to have than Rudy just because – He's young. He's got several years of really great basketball ahead of him, and he's not demanding a ton of money like Gobert right. is. What a time. What a time. They've done really well considering all that they lost, but now yeah. they're kind of they're going to start to dip a little bit. And they already have, but they'll dip a little bit more since they don't have two or or no, three of their more important guys in Beasley and Conley and Vanderbilt all being gone now, so Right. So that that will make think a difference. What about that Conley deal? I really like it for Minnesota. I think he's kind of the Minnesota. I kind of think he's the perfect guard next to Ant Edwards because unlike D'Lo, who I love D'Lo, but like he's young and can be chaotic at times, and definitely was you know part of the chaos in last year's like playoff series. Turned the ball over a lot. Conley's very steady and very like even keeled and doesn't turn the ball over and plays his role really well. And I think that's a good think for Minnesota and especially good for Ant Edwards considering yeah. he needs some kind of steadiness on a pretty young team outside of Conley and Gobert for the most part. Well, and Kyle Anderson's been around for a while, but yeah, I like it a lot actually. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. I just don't know why the jazz did it. Like, was it just to help out the Lakers? Cause that's all they did. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. They, they got them off the terrible Russell Westbrook contract and, and gave them, an amazing sixth man option with Malik Beasley and a very versatile defender in Jared Vanderbilt. I mean, that's just really confusing to me, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Danny Ainge also took an yeah. L. Yeah. In yeah, the same way that Masai Jiri did. Same thing yeah. for Danny Ainge. Just yeah, not, no, I, I agree. not great asset management, honestly. Right. The Thunder, the 10 seed. Wow. Man. Man. Wow. Let me tell you, that is, if I am, you know, the Warriors or possibly the Lakers, if they get it turned around and I have to play against Shy, Shay, it's Shay, yeah. Shay, one of the two. Yeah. And I have to play against Shay in, in that playing game. I am, I'm scared, man. He is on yeah. a freaking mission. He, te- he just is tearing every single defense he sees up. It's wild to me the amount of 30 point per game scores we have this year. But I think everyone else that's doing it, you expect them to do it. We got Giannis, you got Joel Embiid, you got Dame, you got Luca, you got Jason Tatum. That's you know you expect that. I think LeBron's up there too. Shea coming in here, averaging almost thirty-one, and he can't shoot. It's all at the rim, dude. I know. And I watched a breakdown of that game that he had against Portland, where he dropped like forty-four. And the same game where he had the 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 freaky little layup or the drive yes. where he like yanked it back. Yes, yes, it's it's crazy the amount uh, the 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 incredible footwork that he displays and the timing and the pacing. He's like he's like if Luca were like more chill and like didn't complain about stuff as much and like was really long. 
Like that, that is what shy, what Shay is kind of, you know? So, I mean, he's been awesome. Josh Giddy's been great. I love, I love Josh Giddy. And Jalen Williams has had a really awesome. surprising campaign. Awesome. He's, he's awesome. Yeah. Defensively and offensively. He's, I mean, he, I've, I've seen him lock guys up like uh, LeBron. Like, I mean, he, he's gone toe to toe with him. So, I mean, they, they don't have that much depth, and I don't like that they traded away Mike Muscala. Um, I think he was, like you said earlier, having a really great season. But um, I mean, that's a that's a dangerous team once they get Chet back, man. Dude, I know, and they have all those picks and all that cap room that they could go get somebody. They're going to be young for a while, or they could just be like, "All right, we're going to go for it," like yeah. the next year or two, and they could really shake things up. So yeah. Kudos to them, man. Like, yeah, Shea has been amazing. Yeah. Their coach Dagno has been awesome. Like, yeah. nobody knew about him, but he's been kind of like really good at what he's been doing this year. Yeah, more so than last year. So, yeah, kudos to them, man. They've been great. Minnesota, like you mentioned earlier, they have been kind of disappointing, but they've also been playing a lot better lately. So, give me your yes. thoughts on on how things are are going up there. I think they're picking up right at the right time. I don't know the timeline on Cat's return, but I think that Anthony Edwards... I think he's going to get traded in the offseason, by the way. You think Cat is? I think so. I I would. I would if I were them, because you committed so many assets to Rudy Gobert, and now Gobert is actually playing better. Um, He's he's actually being the Rudy Gobert that you traded for. Well, and they're doing all this without him. You know what I mean? Yeah, right. And Anthony Edwards is him, man. He is a certified bucket getter. And I think that next year he's he's going to have an even better year. I think next year he might be averaging 30 points a game. Oh, yeah. Absolutely he could. And he's he's doing it really efficiently too. And like when I was watching him play against us um, this past week, he was just – you know, bodying guys, getting to the rim, putting his body into people, moving people out of his way, finishing with both hands around the rim, being really strong about it, being patient, not just like flying towards the rim like he was his rookie season. Um, but he he's very like methodical on offense um, and still super explosive. So, I mean, he's scary. I think you're totally right that Mike Conley is a really great backcourt pairing with him. Um, he's kind of an even keeled, um, game manager, um, and, uh, you know, knockdown shooter, um, when he, when he needs to be. So that's a really good fit. Um, we saw slow-mo just absolutely tear us up in the fourth quarter. So annoying, bro. So Um, annoying. So annoying because I don't understand how he's still in the league. Like I really don't, I don't get how someone that's not athletic, that can't really shoot that, you know, is is the literally the slowest man on the floor at all times. Even when Rudy Gobert's on the floor, I don't get how that guy can play NBA basketball. But somehow he's out there doing it, and it's it's really surprising. Um, but yeah, I think I think they are trending in the right direction, and um, I think they're going to be a playoff team. I don't think they'll be in the play-in. New Orleans. What do you think about mm, them? Man, weird year, weird year for them. Weird year because they can compete with anybody, and they have had a lot of close games. They don't really get blown out, but you have to have Zion if you want to make a run. 
And I think that they're pro- like when they're fully healthy, they're probably the third best team in the West. Like no lie, and they've been playing like it. And they like the, all of their role players, whether that be Najee Marshall or uh, Trey Murphy or uh, Alvarado, all of them have been playing great and very consistently. Um, but you need Zion to be healthy. Um, Brandon Ingram has had a great year. Um, I'm kind of honestly. I'm kind of surprised that they haven't tried to move Valanchunas. Yeah, um, yeah. Because he doesn't fit their style, I don't think. Um, I, I think that a Jackson Hayes would, would really succeed in that starting, ro- starting role for them. Um, the problem but, with Hayes, though, is that he just fouls a lot. You know what I he mean? Does. And he's not, he he's not as good as a, of a rebounder as, as Valanchunas is. So Yeah. I don't know, man. I th- I think that they will be a borderline playoff team this year. I think they, I, for me, I think I have them in the play-in, though. Um, yeah. But, I, I again, a, tre- a team that's trending in the right direction, they just need Zion to get healthy, and I don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. I don't think anybody does. Like, he may not be back until April. Yeah. Like, it's all right before, and then it's like, how will it all gel with him and BI and yeah. and everybody healthy? Who knows? Who knows, man? Right. Denver sitting pretty at the one spot. You called that. I think I we did. both called that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think I still, I think we were both also in the same boat that once they get to the playoffs, it's still going to be a struggle. Um, they're definitely built for the regular season. I think that you can game plan against Jokic. I I really do. He's had an amazing season. He's super efficient, like supremely efficient. And he's, he's a matchup problem. But when you have a guy like Dwight Powell that can stay in front of him and then just have other people come over and double team him, get the ball out of his hands, force five turnovers like the Mavericks did uh, the other night, you know, you put them in a position to lose because then you force guys like Aaron Gordon to make plays and Aaron Gordon is fine. He's had a good year. He's had a really great year, but if you're going to pin all your hopes on, on him um, and Jamal Murray and Jamal Murray can carry you through a playoff series as he's shown in the playoffs before, but is it going to carry you past um, some of these other juggernauts in the Western conference. And, right. and by juggernauts, I mean, you know, the Clippers, the Suns, um, these teams that are just supremely talented, the Warriors still, I don't think that's a good matchup for, for Denver. Um, so if you, if you're going against either of those, any of those teams, um, even the Mavericks, honestly, if, when fully healthy, um, I think the Mavericks are not a great, uh, matchup for them either when you get into the second round and if you get past the second round and make it to the conference finals, I don't, I don't see them making it out of the West. Um, but, but they have been really great. Um, best three point shooting team in the league. Um, best offense in the league. Uh, I think top three in assists. Um, but we expected that, you know, they've, they've been right what we expected them to be. Um, you know, I expected 60 wins. I don't think they're going to get that. They'll probably get mid to high fifties. Um, but, uh, I, again, I just, I can't, I can't think in, in my head that Jokic can really do what he needs to do to, to carry them to the finals. I don't love their depth still. 
I like the Thomas Bryan addition a lot. I think that's a nice backup center to Jokic because they didn't, yeah. really didn't have anybody to fill that void. Bones Highland, obviously all this stuff with him was interesting. Yeah. But yeah, they're they're very top-heavy and they're going to play a lot of minutes. And I know Jabal has been playing a lot better lately, but how effective will he be having to play the majority of the minutes in a playoff series? Yeah. And how effective can an MPJ be in a playoff series? They're really good, but... Will they be this good come playoff time? Who knows? Who knows? But yeah. maybe maybe this is the year where they actually do really good because they sure. have everybody back. So Yeah. And you can't you can't game plan like the Warriors could last year as long as he shut down Jokic or like really right. limit his game, like you could win the series and that's what happened. Whereas right. in this scenario it's a little bit different. Um yeah. because you have to worry about Murray and you have to worry about Porter to some degree. Yeah, But we'll see how it goes. The Clippers, they made some moves at the deadline to kind of shake up the back end of their roster a little bit. Yeah, What do you think about how they're trending? I think they're trending upward, and that's a scary thought. I I think they're, other than the Bucks, maybe, they have the best outlook on the rest of the season, honestly. Um, and and I, I think they might sneak their way up to the two seed in the West, uh, I've I've watched a lot of Clippers basketball over the past couple weeks. Um, pretty much every time that they're on national television, I'm tuning in because it is really great basketball to watch. Um, it's a little bit slower paced. I think they're like 27th in pace this season, but they get the shot that they want and they shoot it well. And so it, it goes in most of the time. And, and Paul George has had to become more of a, facilitator but he's done a really good job in that he's basically playing point guard for them and i think this is the healthiest stretch of games that i've seen from Kawhi in terms of just how he's yeah i i I think since the 2019 finals honestly um since that playoff run, that immaculate playoff run that he had you know he looks great he looks healthy he looks energized he is you know even in a game like last night when he started o of nine he turned it on in the second half, dropped 16 points. I think 12 of them, 10 or 12 of them were in the fourth quarter, and he just shut the Suns down. I mean, he he was like, okay, it's my time. I need to come out here and play like a two-time defensive player of the year and a finals MVP and you know, be the cold-blooded killer that I am. Having those two guys is, is so um, – having them healthy and playing together is so vital for them. And they added a lot of better depth than what they had, honestly, um, at the trade deadline. So I, I'm i scared of them. That's the only team in the West that, that I'm scared of if I'm a Mavericks fan with a fully healthy team heading into a playoff series. Yeah, because they're built to beat the Mavs. They still are. I think that they literally just like went to like stack up at the trade deadline to be like, you know, Kyrie's over here in the West now with Luka. Luca Luca has proven that he can beat us alone. Um, let's uh, let's double down and and um, I mean it's so frustrating because I really don't like the Clippers, but they look awesome. Yeah, they do. They do. Do you think Westbrook ends up there? I don't personally, um, and I hate it because I I think he deserves that. He deserves to be on a contending team. He plays so hard, and I've watched a lot of Lakers basketball this season too. 
And despite all of his flaws, which is mainly just turnovers and shooting, he is a team player. He loves the guys that he plays with. I really don't buy into all the crap about him being like a locker room toxin or whatever because he he genuinely like loves the game and loves the guys that he's playing with and has such passion for it. And I want to see him in the playoffs on a contending team like the Clippers because I think it would be really good basketball to watch. I think I think it would just be really fun. As a fan, I want that. As a pragmatic person, the, the Clippers can't make that work, I don't think. Um, uh, I, I think he would be kind of a wrench like in in a cog of, of their system you know i think that he would he would slow slow down the progress that they're making right now um, i agree and i don't know if um i mean he obviously he would accept the role off the bench if he had to but i don't see where he fits in the rotation so um i don't think it'll happen yeah i don't think that's the best fit for him i think he's got to go back to Washington or even go to Chicago. I think Chicago might be the best fit for him, realistically. Washington might push him or Washington might push them into the playoffs. Yeah. Like through the play in. Because he was so good when he was there what, two years ago. Yeah. yeah. He was great there. So Yeah. We'll see. We'll see what happens with him. The other team in LA, you already mentioned them earlier, the Lakers. They made some moves. They're a lot better mm-hmm. team now. I was talking to mm-hmm. our buddy Seven about that last night. Uh, when yeah. I saw him at Upward Practice, and he really yeah. likes the outlook of it. Do you like the outlook of it? Because I do. I think it's it's much better than it was earlier. I do. I think it's a little too late. I, I They could definitely push them their way into the play-in, but um, LeBron hasn't been healthy um, as of late, which is not concerning because if LeBron is on the floor in any capacity, then he demands a lot of attention and that's a it's a it's a benefit for the Lakers if he can play at all. Anthony Davis does concern me because earlier this season when he was healthy, he was he was playing lights out like he was a still a top 5 player in this league. Like like having absolutely insane nights back to back um and and putting up numbers that Shaq would put up, you know. That foot injury or ankle injury Whatever it was when he like was in midair and you saw his like I think you probably remember that like spraining his foot that way was so like I saw that and I was like only Anthony Davis could do that since he's come back from that injury he's had a couple really good games he's not shooting very well um, he looks a little slow on defense he's not the you know rim protector uh, the the last line of defense that he has been for them when they've been successful. I really, so I'm, I'm still questioning his health. I don't know how healthy he really is, um, even though he's playing. So um, I like the team that they've constructed though. I, I think that they've surrounded LeBron with, um, with good shooters um, and, and good defensive pieces. Um, I love the Rui move. Um, I love, love him on that team. Um, Malik Beasley fits really well, but, uh, again, I don't know how, how they can go compete against, I I don't think that they can beat Denver. Um, I don't think that they could beat the Clippers. I don't think they could beat the Warriors or the Mavs, um, or the Suns. So, um, yeah, I don't like their chances of if they do make it to the first round getting past it. Sure. 
Yeah, I like what they did. I mentioned it last week, but there are some concerns that if you're a Lakers fan, you hope don't linger like yeah. too long, and you hope that the All Star break will be a good rest period for everybody to to get healthy again and and make a push. Um, I think they're gonna get into the play-in at some point i would imagine yep. but to what extent i don't know right three teams left the warriors the suns and the mavs you pick which team you want to talk about first of those three well actually you pick phoenix or the warriors because obviously yeah. we're going to talk about the Mavs. Now. obviously obviously uh let me let's go with the warriors because um i, I think that it's probably me being biased, but I think that with that with those star moves, I think the Mavs and the Suns might be the two teams to beat in the West. Even though the Mavs haven't put it together yet, I think that they will. And I think that when they do, it will be really scary. So let's start with the Warriors. Again, weird year for them too. They, yeah. uh, they can't win on the road. They can't get healthy <laughs> to save their lives. They yeah. almost didn't get rid of James Wiseman because of the <laughs> because Gosh. of the the stuff there, and then now they're not going to have Gary Payton for a little bit anyway. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you think they get out of the play in? Like, I do. Like, do you think they finish in the top six, or do you think that they make the play in and then like advance out of that? I think they will be the eight seed. I think they will make it through the play in. Um, okay, but I don't think that they will win their first play in game. Okay. I've already kind of dug into what I think the playoff matchups will be. So I kind of have like a Cinderella story for the Mavericks going in my head and getting to play all the teams that have, have wronged us in the past couple years <laughs> as like a little revenge tour. So sure. including Phoenix and beating them again, just because, you know, um, screw Chris Paul and Devin Booker. But um, yeah. Um, no, I, I see, I see the, the um, Warriors, I think those uh, either the eighth, the eighth or ninth seed. It kind of depends on how everything falls um, towards the end of the year because they have a lot of ground to make up. But I, I mean, they're still the Warriors. They still have the best shooter of all time on their team. Clay's been playing sporadically. Um, yeah, a lot of ups, a lot of downs. Yeah, Jordan Poole has been playing really well in Steph's absence. Uh, Draymond is having a really really good season. Um, I think he's being overlooked a lot, but their depth and their young guys have really stepped up, especially when Steph's been out. Yeah, Kaminga has taken a step, and I like seeing that. Man, and he was awful at the start of the year. Like the first yeah. like twenty games, it was like, is this guy even an NBA player? Like realistically, yeah. and he's turned it right. around completely. Yeah, massive turnaround. But I I still think that they're super deep. Um, that they. I, they're not the defensive team that they were when they uh, like even last year. Um, but if Wiggins and Dre can you know do enough on that end, then I, I still think they're going to be a really tough outcome playoff time if Steph's healthy. I still think they're a terrible matchup for almost every single team in the West. Yeah, like yeah. if they end up as a seven and like they play the Grizzlies, if the Grizzlies say it too. Mm-hmm. Give me the Warriors over the Grizzlies every single day of the week because that is still a take the horrible five man. Matchup. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Still horrible matchup for them. So agreed. Divincenzo's picked it up a little bit too recently, yeah. which has been good because yeah. I we both talked about how nice of an addition that was, especially in the wake of 
having to get rid of Gary Payton initially and then not having Otto Porter Jr. Uh, yeah. this year either. I hope that they turn it around. It's good for the NBA if if they do well in the playoffs, if they go on a good run. So, and I think they will. I think they'll yeah. they'll pick it up, and it'll be it'll be a nightmare for whoever they play. Because if I'm any of those yeah. top six teams, I'm like I do not want to play the Warriors. I do right. not want to even think about them in a series, yeah. let alone yeah, a first round. I want series. to stay as far away from them and the Clippers as possible until you know maybe the conference finals. If you can stay away from both, you know. Yep. Yep. I agree 100%. The Suns, they did the thing. They did the big thing. They, did they got it. the guy. They, did it. they got mm-hmm. the man. They gave up some and it depth. Sucks. But man. It sucks so bad because I am a huge Kevin Durant fan and I always have been. And now he's on a team that I just despise entirely. And they, they are going to be really good. Um, when he comes back, because Kevin Durant can play with anyone. He can fit anywhere. His play style is not demanding of much, you know? Um, and the same thing can be said about Devin Booker and Chris Paul. Chris Paul can not score for three quarters if you don't need him to, and just pass the ball, and that's fine. And sure, he's probably a cone on defense more times than not, but he's still a positive to have on your team, as much as I hate to say it. Devin Booker, before being injured this season, people were talking about him in the MVP conversation. Um, and rightfully so, even though I hate the guy. I mean, he was averaging 27-6-6 and on one of the better teams in the Western Conference before he was injured. And, I mean, Kevin Durant is having one of his most efficient years at age, what, 32 Four. now? 33, 34? Yeah. And, and, I mean, his mid-range game is insane and almost unstoppable. Um, he's actually having a really good defensive year too. Um, and you know, I think that for what they lost being two really great defenders, um, you, you make up for it by adding possibly the best offensive player that we've ever seen play basketball. Yeah. Yeah. It all balances out. I still don't believe in their depth, but I'm kind of eating my words a little bit this week because I have been a little impressed with how Josh Okoji has shot the ball. Like that dude could not shoot the ball to save his life. And he's been good at least this week. Who knows if that's sustainable. I really, really was bummed out that Terrence Ross went there. um, Cause he's a nice, nice depth piece for them. Yeah. Great on the maps, but it's fine. And he played pretty well last night. So, well, he didn't shoot efficiently, but he provides a lot for them that, to help make up for what they lost. So yeah, to me, agreed. I mean, I guess they're the team to be. I'm not super high on them, though. I think there are a couple teams that could not be a good matchup for them, like the Clippers. I would take the Clippers the Mavs, over the seven-game series, I think. Maybe the Warriors as well. Maybe. It just depends yeah. on... They don't have anyone that can defend. They don't have anyone that can defend Luca. They don't have anyone that can defend uh, Steph. They don't have anyone that can defend Kawhi. Even even though, like, because because KD is not the the guy to put on Kawhi. I mean, he's he's just not. He's well, if he wants to get tired out and not be as efficient shooting wise, then yeah, sure. Exactly. Yeah. And so yeah, I, I would agree with you there. I think those three teams are pretty pretty bad matchups, but. Anyone else, they're beating in a seven-game series, no doubt. And yeah. even those other three teams, it's like you have Devin Booker and Kevin Durant on the same team. It's two of the best offensive players in the game, same as the Mavs. But it's like 
you know, the, the likelihood that both of those guys have a bad night on the same night is very unlikely. And you're yeah. going to need that to happen. You need to make that happen in order to beat them in a seven game series. Yeah. Do you think that Aiton is the X factor Absolutely. for their success? Yeah. Absolutely. We have seen him recently have a really great stretch these last like six or so games. I think this is what we've all expected from him since he was uh, the lottery pick that he was. And, um, and he's finally showing it. The mid range game is there. The low post game is there. He's been rebounding the ball really well, save one game against Atlanta where he had like two. What I want to see from Aiton, if they're going to be a finals team again is rim protection. And, uh, that's something that he hasn't really offered them this season. He's nope. he's been he's been pretty soft inside uh, on the defensive end. So if you can get him to really buy in, and I think that's been part of it, is because we talked about it in the preseason show. How bought in is Aiton? He wants out. Um, he didn't get moved at the trade deadline. So get him to buy in. Get him to fully a hundred percent commit to trying to win a championship this year. And I think that they definitely could do it. Um, but that, that is going to be an X factor for sure. Okay, the Mavs, and then we'll be pretty much done. Tell me your thoughts on the Kyrie trade. Tell me your thoughts on the season so far and kind of the outlook as we head towards the sprint. All right. Well, let me, let me sit up for this one. Um, <laughs> so I, I've been talking about this since the Nets situation first started back last summer. I said, yeah, like, obviously, give me KD. Like, I'd love KD. How realistic is that? I don't know. But I, from that moment, I, I was saying, you know, I think Kyrie with the Mavs does make sense and is realistic. This is probably the best offensive backcourt to ever exist in the NBA, at least the most skilled. Um, I think you have two of the top five ball handlers in the league right now, um, two of the top five guys that can create their own shot. Um, and honestly, probably two of the top 10 distributors of the basketball uh, in terms of creativity and effectiveness. Um, and so they are they are going to be a force to be reckoned with if they can both stay on the floor healthy together. So far, we've seen that play out together once, right? It was just the Minnesota game that they played together, I think. Uh, no, the second Kings game. The yeah. second Kings game. That's right. And in both of those games, down the stretch, it was clutch time. And you, despite them playing really well the rest of the game, you kind of saw them default to the other. It's great to be unselfish, but I think that this is Luka's team, and I think he needs to take ownership of that. And sure, like if Kyrie has 26 points in the fourth quarter like he did the other night, then give it up to him and let him take that last shot. But that's that's a situation where... Kyrie needs to understand, like, hey, I need to take this shot. So they're still figuring out how to play together. Once that happens, and once Maxi comes back, um, if he can get it going quickly, because something that you said in the preseason show, too, was um, Maxi always seems to get, hurt, to get hurt at some point in the season, and then it takes him a while to come back and, and really get in the flow of things. And that happened last year. I hope it doesn't happen this year where it takes him a while to really get back to his – his self. Um, but I mean, this team, as long as I, I really don't want them to have to play a, a play in game, uh, they need to stay in the top six for me because you give Luca a seven game series. He's a tough out. You give Luca with Kyrie with a running mate that is a superstar. Um, that's possibly, you know, impossible to, to defend. 
Um, so you're, I mean, you're going to make all of these top teams in the West who really the only great defensive team in the West is going to be the Clippers. And and you make all these other offensive superstars play defense on our, our duo. That's going to be hard. It's going to be a tall task for anybody. So um, I'm, I'm highly confident. I just really need to see them start after the all-star break, start rolling these wins up together consecutively. Um, and I think the all-star break will be really good rest for Luca's ankle for Kyrie's back uh, for Christian Wood to kind of get his bearings all together again. And we've seen him start to step it up a little bit. Um, uh, Josh Green's looked great. Um, he needs to continue to play as aggressively as he, as he's been. He's been fearless. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the sky's the limit for this duo really. Something that I wanted to bring up I was listening to uh, 77 Minutes, the Mavs podcast on The Athletic that Tim Cato hosts. Yeah, I was yeah. listening to that today, and they did an episode recently, him and uh, and Bobby from the Mavs website. Bobby Crawl, I think is his name. And they were talking about how the Mavs don't need to like necessarily like become an elite defensive team to be okay. They just not They just need to not be the worst defensive team. Because yeah. in a lot of statistics, like this has been a horrible defensive year, especially compared to last year. Yeah. And in transition, the team is terrible when the Mavs don't make a shot. I think they were saying like the teams like make a shot 60% of the time on the next possession, wow. which is like a crazy stat. And yeah. so the big thing there is like need to tighten up just a little bit and just yeah. be average, you know, like, right if you can just be an average defensive team that could go a long way, because I, I do think that, you know, despite all my feelings about the Kyrie trade, that if you don't know what they are, you can go listen to the trade deadline episode that came out last week and hear all of them. They're like the hour and a half mark or 40 minute mark. I don't remember, but Mm -hmm. I do think the shot making will go up a lot, especially in the sense that you're going to see a lot more mid range. You're going to see a lot more, uh, hopefully layups and a lot more ball movement. Now that Kyrie's around, the ball pops a yeah, little bit more, it does. especially in these first four games that we've seen with him on the team. And so hopefully that will help take care of itself and that hopefully the maps aren't running in transition trying to, you know, not give up an easy layup because that is something that has been killer for them this yeah. year. And a lot of it is very fixable. Like Christian Wood, for example, like barking at the rest the other night in Sacramento, <laughs> like not getting back on defense and let somebody have an easy right. layup. Luca, same thing. Like got mad about not getting a foul call the other night against the Timberwolves. And he always does that. And they gave up a, an easy basket there. And I know that Kyrie like basically almost got the team back into the game, but like that doesn't need to happen. Like Luca right. doing that, he doesn't need to do that at all. There's a lot of things that need to get fixed. And, I'm hoping that they do get fixed, but Jason Kidd has also been very frustrating. I feel like since the deadline, like since the Kyrie trade, like Theo Pinson getting real minutes just all of a sudden. And I know part of that is because you gave away one of your best wing players and Dorian Finney-Smith in the trade. Right. But why is he playing at all? Like genuinely, why is he playing at all? Like he's been horrible. Why is he playing over Christian Wood in the closing minutes of the Minnesota game? Yeah, that like, that was horrible. That was genuinely horrible. And like yeah. I know Jaden Hardy has been up and down, and he's not the best player to play, especially when we play good teams. But he's a better asset 
and a better player than Theo Pinson, I, I feel like. So yeah, and yeah. those things will work itself out. You would think, but then again, it's Jason Kidd, and I think he's kind of delusional. So who who knows? Uh, yeah. Maxi Kleba getting back though won't fix everything. It definitely won't because he's not like an elite defender, but he's definitely now the best defender on the team. And yeah. his uh, his incorporation back into the system, I think, is going to go a long way. And he's going to have to to guard all those guys in the foot. Like he's going to have to guard one of PZ or Kawhi if we play the Clippers. He's going to have yeah. to guard Durant, probably. He's going to have yep. to guard Booker in some instances. He's going to have to guard MPJ or Jokic yeah. to a degree. He's going to have to guard, I don't know, XYZ. You can throw whatever yeah. player out there. No, I agree. So his his comeback into the team like will be very, very good. And so yeah. a lot of a lot of things to, to like and a lot of things to be hopeful for, but there's definitely a lot of things that need to get fixed, and who knows if they even do. But... I'll also say that these past couple games, like the first couple Kyrie games looked awesome. I was, I was really happy with the way that they went. Obviously, we beat the Clippers, which was impressive. Um, we looked pretty good defensively against the Clippers, honestly. Uh, and then the King, the first Kings game was was a really great game, too. I mean, we, we looked really well put together and cohesive, and we were getting out in transition. I think the, the thing that changed after that for these last couple games has been Tim Hardaway's absence. Because we've we've seen Tim kind of take it upon himself to be a bigger part of the offense, not so much in like shot chucking, but like like he's he's averaging like five assists a game over the past like two weeks. Um, he's also like stepped it up on defense and like like kind of has a, it seems like he has a chip on his shoulder in the absence of Dorian Finney Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie, who you know Dodo obviously like an elite defender, Spence a very serviceable defender, but Tim was like, well, those guys are gone. Um, we're still missing Maxi. I needed to, you know, really play physically, and and he was he was playing really good defense on on Paul George, um, and was keeping De'Aaron Fox uh, out of the paint in the first half of that first Kings game, and then he went out with injury, and then we saw what happened to to kind of bring the Kings back into that one. So I I think honestly, as much hate as we've given Tim, me, you, and Clayton, uh, you know, we and a lot of it we, is deserved. Yes, a lot of it is deserved. You know, scoring twenty points one night, shooting some one of the boneheaded decisions he makes on some offense, of the like, decisions, what is, turnovers. Yeah, really awful shot selection sometimes. But as much as that plagues us sometimes, he he really is a valuable asset for the playoff run. I think, and he's proven that to us in the last couple of playoff runs. He's he's had some some pretty big moments so yeah i think i think he'll be important to, to bring back healthy as well also hard to disagree spencer dinwiddie is a horrible defender <laughs> he is not serviceable he's, he's pretty bad he's okay he, he's pretty bad Kyrie is better and that's not saying much oh yeah yeah let's be real so in yeah. that regard the mavs i guess kind of got better i don't know but yeah. that's that's a whole separate thing okay let's end with uh a little bit of reseeding uh, mm-hmm. we did this game at the end of the preseason show. Let's rank them one through 15. You start with the East. All right. Well, one second here. Let me pull it up. Cause I wrote it down like a nerd. Like a nerd. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to be blessed with some really good basketball in the second half, especially because the Bucks and Celtics play each other two more times. And I think that's kind of kind of decide who finishes with the first seed. I I think that both of these teams could push sixty wins, 
but I, I think that they're going to end up like tied record wise, um, right at the top of of the East, and I think the Bucks will have the edge in the season series, so they will take the first seed, and then obviously Celtics at two. Uh, I've got the 76ers at the three seed, Cavs at the four. So no real movement at the top of the East besides the Bucks and Celtics switching spots. I've got Nets, Knicks, Heat, Hawks. So those are all the same as well. Um, I think the Nets are going to keep playing really solid basketball. Yeah. Um, I think Mikel Bridges is is a really good leader. And, and having Spencer Dinwiddie there too, I mean, they, they're going to be really, really a tough out. Um so we got them uh, Hawks at eight, like I said. I got the Raptors and Wizards switching spots. So the Raptors are going to be the nine seed, Wizards the ten, and then from there it really doesn't matter. But I would probably go Bulls, maybe Magic, then Pacers, and then uh, Hornets, Pistons, Milwaukee one, Boston two, Philly three, Cleveland four. Yeah, Brooklyn five, Knicks six. I'm going to say Atlanta. Figure some stuff out, and Miami kind of dips, and that evens each other out. And Atlanta gets the seven seed. Miami eight, All Raptors right. nine, Wizards ten, Orlando eleven. Wow. Okay. Just for fun. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Chicago well. twelve, Indiana thirteen, but like very very close. And then Charlotte, yeah. Detroit stays the same. Sure. Actually, you know what? Charlotte fifteen. I think Detroit wins a couple more games. Okay, that's fair. So. Western Conference. I think you're going to really like get a kick out of my Western Conference. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm really excited. <laughs> I think a lot of things are going to shift for two reasons, for two big reasons. I think the Kings are going to fall and slip pretty significantly. I guess three reasons then, actually. Um, the Clippers are going to continue to you know flow and, and figure it out and, and get their new pieces incorporated. And I think the Lakers are going to push and make the play-in. Uh, so from from one to fifteen, I've got the Nuggets sitting on top because um, they have a five game lead right now um, on the on the two seed. Uh, I got the Clippers in second, um, and then the Suns. I think the Grizzlies slip all the way down to the four seed. I think the Mavs get it figured out um, pretty soon here. I think they get the fifth seed, and then the T Wolves um, snagging the sixth which means the Kings have slipped all the way down to my seventh seed. And then I think I've got the Pelicans, Warriors, uh, Lakers, uh, and then barely missing it is going to be the Thunder, Blazers. Uh, actually, I'll take the Jazz right there in that spot, in the in the um, 11 spot. Well, no, Thunder in the 11 spot, um, Jazz 12, Blazers 13th, Spurs and Rockets. I'm going to differ a little bit from you. Denver at one, obviously, I think they have right. a large enough lead that they'll get by. I'm going to say the Suns make mm. it to two. Wow. Because okay. I, I think they're going to be really good when Durant gets back. Now, I do mm-hmm. think that if he misses a little bit of a longer time, that that doesn't happen. But I he think might they'll be back for that Mavs game on March 5th. They'll either be two or three. Yeah, it's either them or the Clippers. Like the Clippers and the Suns are are two and three. And they can yeah. flip either or. I agree. I think the Mavs get to four. I'm I'm being I petty. So. I'm being petty, and here and here's why. I think I think the the Warriors come back 
Steph comes back. Okay, they go on a run. Here's the here's the deal. I I believe a lot in the Warriors. Okay, I do too. But I, I mean, that's a big jump. And I think they get to either five or six, and the and the opposite of that is Minnesota. Where's the the Grizzlies are? The, I'm I'm saying the Grizzlies are seven, and this is definitely not happening. I'm just being petty. I'm just being Dude, super petty. That is awesome. No, I'm I being love it. super I, petty. Like realistically, the Grizzlies are probably going to end no worse than fourth. But yeah, I don't care. Agree. This is my show. This is my opinion. <laughs> I'm wishing the worst on them, and that's probably not that doesn't bode well hey, for me. I don't blame you as at a all human because being. I got I got just as petty, if not more petty, in my playoff predictions that I did. And, okay, and well we there you go. After the after the show's over, but well there uh, you go. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'll I'm going to say the the Grizzlies collapse, even though that's probably not going to happen. They have they're six games above the seven seed. But I'm just going to say they do because I think a lot of things will shift. Uh, for the Mavs' sake, it would probably be better if they... I don't know. The, the Wolves would be a terrible matchup too. But I'm going to say the Warriors get the six. Sure. Mm-hmm. Six seed. Whatever. Yeah. And then uh, and then the Grizzlies are seventh. The Pellies are eight. I think the Lakers figure it out and get the nine seed. Okay. And then OKC stays firm at the ten. I like I like them a lot, and then the rest of it is pretty. Do uh, so you think the Kings are going to fall out entirely? Oh, I totally forgot about the Kings. No, nope, hold on. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. No, the the Kings will. Yeah, they'll they'll be in the play, and I'm so sorry. Okay. Put them at the. Uh, golly, okay. OKC's eleven in that scenario. Uh-huh. Uh Put the Lakers at the ten. I'll put the Kings at eight, and then the Pelicans at nine. Yeah, that's fair. I think that's probably more realistic. But again, yeah. being petty. Utah, right. uh, 12. No, uh, Portland, 12. Because Dame. And only because of Dame. Yeah. Utah, yeah. 13. Because they right. lost some depth. Spurs and Rockets, who cares? Yeah, who, yeah. who really cares? Yeah. One more quick thing. I want you to give me your top three right now for the following awards because I, I don't believe in crowning a winner this early. Who's your top three guys in the MVP race, your top three guys in the rookie of the year race, your top three coach of the year candidates, and your top three defensive player of the year candidates. You know, I'm gonna go defensive player of the year first. Uh DPOY, I've got Jaron Jackson Jr. I think he's my favorite, even though I hate him. I think he has a really good shot just because of the raw shot blocking numbers. Um, I'd like to put Brooke Lopez up there too. I uh, think he's yeah. a dark horse because he has been the anchor of that defense because Giannis is averaging less than a block and less than a steal per game this year. He has stepped down on the defensive end. Um, so I'm going to have those two. And I want to say Mikal Bridges just because he's so good and he just – like doesn't have an off night on that end of the floor. So I, I like those three. Um, I also kind of think Mikal was robbed last year. Um, I like Marcus Smart, but um, did you say coach of the year? Yes. Coach of the year. Um, I am thinking probably going to go to one of the top two seeds, uh, one of the top two, uh, like either either Denver or Boston is what I'm saying. Um and I think you got to go with who's what's his name in Boston? Joe Mazzola. 
Missoula, exactly. Who is no longer the interim. He is now officially he the, is head, the coach. head coach. And I think he deserves it because, I mean, stepping into that situation was so unexpected and had to be uncomfortable, but he's done such a great job. Um, I think you could also throw Mike Brown's name in there just because he's done such a great job with that team and nobody expected them to even be competitive or sniff the playoffs, including us. So I, I like I like those three. And so when it comes to MVP talk, um, I think Luka deserves some recognition just because, I mean, if you give it to Jokic last year when he was a six seed, then if Luka can at least get to a four or five seed with the statistical season that he's having and having to deal with the really honestly lackluster roster when it comes to like just looking at this roster compared to other superstars and what they have to work with, um, Luka is the most valuable player to his team. And uh, he's also, you know, putting up a very historic season uh, and just is not slowing down. It has been very consistent all season long. So I, I hope that he gets more votes than this, like, preliminary vote that they just put out, um, you know, where you see that Jokic has his third in a row is what they're guessing. Um, but I, so Luka is definitely one of my top. Obviously, Jokic is. He is averaging a triple double. He's on the he's the best player on the best team in the West, so that means something. And then my third will probably be Embiid. Um, I'd take him over a guy like Tatum. Honestly, Tatum has kind of been inconsistent, especially as of late. Um, I know he's been dealing with some injury problems, um, but yeah, he, he, Tatum also has a lot more help um, than any of those other three guys. So I would I would say those are my top three. My favorite is probably realistically Jokic, but uh, as a biased fan, I'm I, I would love if Luka would win it. Sure. Uh, rookie of the year. So I think it's going to be hard for Paolo to not take it home, just because of the start to the season that he had and the you know raw numbers that he has. But looking at their play as a whole. This this is going to sound kind of crazy, but Benedict Matherin has has really shown out. He's shooting the ball extremely well from deep. He's getting to the line at a crazy rate for a rookie, for a rookie, uh, and shooting well from the free throw line as well. He's playing really solid defense, um, and he's been part of a really surprising Indiana team. So I, I like him. Um, I think he'll he he should be in the top three of that conversation. And I think uh, I think Jaden Ivey as well, uh, because even without his running mate, Cade, he's, he's putting up good numbers. I think he's averaging 15 a game, and it's a bad team, but he's in a bad situation, and he's play, He's doing the best that he can with what he has. So I think those are probably my top three, is uh, Paolo, Jaden Ivey, and Benedict. Okay. So mine for all of them are, for Coach of the Year, I think my top three are Missoula, Mike Brown, and uh, Jack Vaughn in Brooklyn. I think those are pretty obvious to me. MVP, Luka, Jokic, Embiid, also pretty obvious to me. Rookie of the Year, Paolo, Matherin, and uh, I'm going to say Jalen Williams from the Thunder because he's made a run recently. Um, but I'm only saying that just for fun. And then for Defensive Player of the Year, JJJ, Brooke Lopez and Drew Holiday. Yeah, yeah, Drew Holiday. Sneak it in there. I like that pick. I like that. Yeah, that's a good pick. Okay, well, 
we have been doing this for literally two hours again because that's what we do. So, anyways, so am I missing anything? I think we pretty much hit it all. Um, this weekend's going to be fun, and uh, looking forward to the rest of the season. And you know, I'll probably be back on here come playoff time. And oh yeah, you will. We'll talk about all the all the crazy stuff that probably will happen between now and then. So absolutely. Okay. Well. Listener, thank you for being here. Thank you for being a part of this episode and for listening, whether you listen to all two hours or just five minutes. If you like what you heard, please leave a review of the show wherever you're listening on Spotify and Apple and all those places. Be sure to follow both of us on social media. I'll leave Jet's handles in the show notes. Be sure to follow the podcast Instagram at Dennis Friends Pod for content and things of that nature and be sure to email the pod at gmail.com if you have any questions comments concerns anything like that i don't know when we'll be back i don't know what the next episode will be but i'm sure it'll be something good uh but until then be good and do good mr Courtney. you have the honor to sign us out listener uh, thanks for having me again uh dennis thanks for having me again and uh you know Watch some of the All Star Weekend at least. Probably not all of it because I don't think it's worth watching all of it. But uh, but have a great time and uh, God bless everybody.